Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi back home in New Jersey. And, Michael, we've got another great show for you on this Wednesday. Of course, Steve Mackinan is going to join us here later on this hour. And, Michael, I've been diving through his numbers, and he's already got me nervous with some of my gut plays that I like in the NFL <laughs> playoffs. They might go against those numbers. Michael Gelkin is going to join us from the Dallas Cowboys reporter and the Dallas Morning News to break down their big playoff matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. And then Lou Finnecare is going to join us in studio here at South Point in the second hour, break down his thoughts for the wildcard weekend, and also take a quick look ahead. The UFC is back after a three-week hiatus. That is too long. But, uh, Michael, let's get right to it. And obviously, Joe Judge was the big news in the last 24 hours. He had gotten that dreaded vote of confidence. We saw that didn't last very long. He has been officially fired as the head coach of the Giants that they have said management-wise that they're going to hire the GM, and then the GM will go ahead and conduct that coaching search, which I always think is the right way to try to go about doing things there. Uh, when you look at the vacancies, and there are a ton of them now around the National Football League, and I guess, Michael, this is pretty standard, right? I'm looking at about, what, about eight, uh, seven, seven or eight vacancies right now. And yeah. that, that's kind of standard for a normal year, isn't it? Yeah. No, no, you know, it's the only profession in the world where one third of the workforce gets fired almost every single year, <laughs> you know, and it's two years and here and, and no one ever takes time to say, well, maybe the process is wrong. Maybe we're going about this the wrong way. Maybe we're looking for the wrong things. You know, it's this whole, well, if you're a coordinator and you call plays, we'll make you the head coach, Kellen Moore. You know, if you did this good, we'll bring you in, you know, and so. I just think the system is completely broken on pretty much both ends because I think we have so many people involved trying to make the decision that it becomes more of an election as opposed to an a selection. And we know that electability is what's most important with some of these candidates because you got to win the press conference, right? you got to right. win the press conference. That's a great point. And, I mean, Nick Sirianni had one of the most awkward press conferences we, we saw as a rookie head coach. And he, he took his team. He's the only rookie head coach to, to go to the postseason this year. So you're right. Sometimes it doesn't have to be about how exactly you manifest yourself to the media. It really just matters inside that locker room. So I think that's an excellent point. We're looking at some of the odds here uh, that BetMGM has for props. And I saw you tweet out before I came in here uh, to work today about Dan Quinn going to yeah. the Broncos. And, Michael, that's interesting to me. And, you know, you normally you go, when you got Vic Fangio, a defensive guy, right, normally you do the direct opposite. Like, you break up with a blonde, sometimes you go for the brunette. I thought they might go to offense, but you think they might stick defense here. 
Yeah, I put out the wrong odds. It's plus 225 on BetMGM right now, so I screwed that up on my tweet, which I apologize for. As you know, Dave, I, I, I give out betting advice, but I don't really know much about the betting market, so I apologize uh, for the number. But here's what I do know, and I know this for a fact. Denver's looking for somebody to revitalize their organization. They felt stale. They felt tired. They felt in no harmony. Pat Shermer wasn't very good for the offense. You know, Vic Fangio's a really good defensive coordinator, but he's not really good in front of the team. He's not good in groups. Mm. They need some life. They need some energy. George Payton, the, uh, the, the, the general manager, he and Dan Quinn have a very close relationship. And there was, I was told that Quinn was always the favorite in Denver. But, and this was a big but, okay. Quinn really loves Seattle. And I think there was some talk through the league circles that maybe Seattle could open up. And I think now that Quinn feels like Seattle isn't going to open up, he's going to reunite with a guy he trusts in personnel, a guy that he has full confidence in. And Quinn meets the criteria that I think has been set forth by George Payton of what the Broncos want in their next head coach. They want energy. They want enthusiasm. They want excitement. They want somebody who's got a lot of ways to unify the organization and give them back what they feel like they've lacked through Vic. And so I think he is the guy, and I think he's now willing to take the Denver job. And I think a lot of the other candidates in it, some of them are more to try to see about staffing and all those things that go in place. But at plus 225, I think it's a really good play. And I do think in my sources in Dallas, my sources in Denver, they seem to indicate that this is going to be Quinn's job before it's all said and done. Michael, very interesting because as a Cowboy fan, as you know, you know, I, I said, boy, Dan Quinn, he's coming to Dallas as the D.C. after his time in Atlanta. And some people are like, hey, you want Dan Quinn? I'm like, yeah. I, I mean, Dan Quinn acquitted himself very nicely even in the exit in Atlanta. And then you look at Kellen Moore, who's also on a short list of a lot of these uh, head coaching jobs as well. Michael, is that an indication of Mike McCarthy putting that staff together? Or is that more credit to the Joneses for getting the right guys in Dallas to turn their fortunes around this year? Well, we know McCarthy, the first hire he made, you know, the first guy he hired was Mike Nolan, you know, and that proved to be a complete disaster. Mm -hmm. I mean, he spent a year off studying the game and came right in with Mike Nolan, and, and, and I don't know where the Quinn came, but I think what Quinn needs to get a lot of credit for is Quinn, the Quinn in Atlanta, the Quinn that we're going to see coaching on the sideline against his former offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan, on, on Saturday is not the same Dan Quinn. He's running multiple fronts, multiple looks, using multiple coverages, changing what he does. He's not playing over cover three the way he did with Atlanta, the way he did, learned it from Pete Carroll. He's become more multiple in his, in his approach. He's still the same enthusiastic, everything's going to go well, positive guy, bringing off those vibes. But he changed himself, and I think he deserves a ton of credit for that. And that enthusiasm and that positive energy is what Denver's craving right now. And that's why he's going to get another job. He will be hard to replace down in Dallas. Absolutely. He will be because he's done a really good job. But, but through it all, I don't know who else is with him there on that staff. But, uh, you know, that could take over and carry on what they're doing because they've got the pieces to continue to run the, what Quinn installed this season as a team. And, look. I, I, you know, somebody, Randy Mueller, the former president, former general manager of the Seahawks, he tweeted after I said the Dan Quinn thing in in, in, um, in Denver. He said, well, he might be the head coach in Dallas if, well. if Mike doesn't win this game. 
<laughs> uh, touche, Randy. I agree. Well, I was going to say, if you give Cowboy fans truth serum, I think they'd rather have Dan Quinn than Mike McCarthy. Hey, Mike's done a nice job. I think he should get credit for those hires if he is, in fact, the guy that put that staff together uh, to that point. Let's take a look at the Bears here and some of the coaching opportunities they have because it looks like Brian Flores has emerged as the favorite here. Plus 250 is what we're seeing here. Byron Leftwich at plus 500, then Doug Peterson resurfacing at plus 700. Uh, Matt Eberflus and uh, Brian Dable at plus 900. Flores, you know, there seems to be something beneath the surface in Miami that, that, that like, he didn't get along either with Tua. Maybe it was too much tough love, Michael. I'm not exactly sure. But tough and Chicago seem to fit. Does this make sense to you? Well, I mean, look, you know, here's what I know that happened in Miami. He and the general manager didn't get along. You know, Brian is a very direct, honest person, and he can be very intimidating, you know, and he can be, and if you don't have enough, what we used to say in Cleveland, if you don't have a fastball to throw that pit, you know, you're going to get struck out. Mm. And, you know, and I think that that conflict, and I think that there are some people in this Dolphin organization that are very upset they fired him. But as the owner put out in his press release, Stephen Ross, he put out that he wanted continuity, he wanted collaboration in his, in his organization, something that I think because of the conflict between the two gentlemen, that couldn't happen. I do think Chicago is going to try to hire the GM first. You know, he got Bill Polian in there to help them, to help George McCaskey. This could go in any direction. I think Jeff Ireland from New Orleans is the favorite to get the GM job there, although I think they're going to span the net to find out who the most qualified guy is. But they want to hire a president. They want to hire a president GM. They want somebody who's seen it, somebody who can run the whole thing because they've moved Ted Phillips out. And I don't think you could pick the coach yet until you know who's going to be that. There's very few people in the world that can do, really, run the whole organization. You know, I mean, most of these guys that are interviewing for the GM jobs are really just glorified college scouting directors. Mm. That's really what they are. You know, they've never built a team. They've never put the team together. You know, they've never really done those things or been around people that have. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think this is going to be a really challenging job in Chicago. I know that uh, people in Chicago are excited about the prospects of Brian Flores possibly getting that gig. Let's stay in the division. Let's go to Minnesota now, where maybe Eric Bieniemy finally gets that crack to be the, the, his first uh, head coaching gig here right now as the OC for the Chiefs. He's plus three, 300. Kevin O'Connell also plus 300. There's Doug Peterson and Kellen Moore then coming in at about plus 500 and plus 550. And there again, Brian Flores, you can see him on just about every list. Uh, Michael, what's going on here in Minnesota? Are they going on offense now that they had – uh, they got rid of Mike Zimmer there, the defensive-minded head coach, for so long? Well, they're looking for a GM, too, you know, and so the Wolf family and Rob Brzezinski, who is the president of the team, I think they'll they'll try to find the right fit for both positions, separate both positions. Uh, I, I'm not sure it'll be Biennemi. I'm surprised he's a favorite. I mean, Biennemi's been interviewed by a lot of places, and he hasn't been hired. Mm -hmm. And so I, I wouldn't necessarily think that's a good play. Kellen Moore at 550. I mean, look, a lot of people like Kellen Moore as a play caller. Do you think Kellen Moore can stand in front of a team and lead the team? There, there remains to be some doubt there. So I, I haven't heard any definitive on where Minnesota's going. They're interviewing Doug Peterson today. So one thing about what's going on in the league that I think is important for all of us to know is, is there's no longer, you know, wait at the airport, see who's coming in. This is all done on Zoom. Right. So, you know, people are doing two or three interviews a day. 
they're banging it out, you know, and, and you don't really know what's going on because, you know, nobody's flying here or flying there or getting picked up at an airport. So you can get a lot more work done via Zoom. And then I think what they're going to do is then narrow the list down to two or three candidates and then fly them in. Yeah, Michael, it's so fascinating because, you know, when I was in Washington, D.C. for all those years and Dan Snyder would go through all those coaching changes, we would always wait to see what coach was arriving at then Redskins Park, you know, coming in on the limo yeah. and all these and seeing Jim Zorn or Steve Spurrier or whoever it might be. You can't do that in this day and age the way everything is done. So it is much more cloak and dagger. Do you think that the executives like this? Because, again, pesky reporters like yeah. myself can't find out. Yeah, I think so. I think it keeps it quiet. Plus, they can kind of they don't have to worry about, you know, any they can get more done. I mm-hmm. mean, you stay at your desk, you just keep banging it out. Yeah, absolutely. Michael, we'll take a quick break. But when we come back, a couple more head coaching jobs that I want to run through with you and get your thoughts and certainly the odds that BetMGM has as well. Plus, we're going to get into the wild card weekend, the super wild card weekend with the extra game on Monday night. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here in VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It is still football season. It's still time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly if you have a problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. And, Michael, I wanted to go through the other two coaching jobs that are still currently vacated. That would be, of course, the Miami Dolphins since they said goodbye to Brian Flores. And it looks like Brian Dable right now might be the guy, the favorite, according to BetMGM, at plus 275. Uh, Mike McDaniel right behind him at plus 300. Dable, I believe, has already interviewed or is interviewing this week. And, Michael, very quickly to that point, I thought old school was if you're in the playoffs, 
you don't interview. Has that changed, or is that always something that kind of happened a little bit behind closed doors? Well, they, they changed the rule that you could do that, you know, to give some of these coaches who are actually in the playoffs a chance to do it. And then, of course, with Zoom, it makes it so much easier. I mean, Kellen Moore, before the Eagle game on, on Saturday night last week, he was interviewing for the the, uh, the Jacksonville job, along with, I think, Byron Leftwich did the same thing. So, you know, my, my sources t- seem to think, and listening to what people are telling me coming out of Miami, uh, that they want somebody who's they can get along with. They want somebody smooth and gentle, somebody that they can feel comfortable with. I don't see Jim Caldwell's name on this BetMGM prop list. I think he's going to be a really strong candidate here. Mm. I really do. I think he's going to be a strong candidate here. I don't know about Dayball, Mike McDaniel. I mean, you know, look, Mike Mc, is that Mike McDaniel from the Jets? I, I do believe. Did, it, did anybody watch the Jets' offense this year? I mean, <laughs> just asking. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. Anyway, these names just crack me up. I mean, it makes me <laughs> laugh. But, I mean, it really does. And then you wonder why in two years we're looking for replacements. I mean, seriously. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just the same thing. I mean, um, so I, I just think, to me, Miami's going to go softer. They're going to go collaborative. Usually what happens, David, is the, the most of these owners hire the opposite of what they just had. Right. They had a, if they had a, a very strong leader who's somebody who wanted control, they want somebody who's softer and gentler. If they have somebody soft and gentle like Vic Fangio, they want somebody a little bit more up-tempo. So I think that's really how you see it. It, it, it isn't always necessarily offense, defense. It's about how can we run this organization. And I think in Denver's case, George Payton has watched a year, and he saw everything. So he knows what he wants, right? He knows exactly what he wants to fix his organization because he's observed it, right? He's observed it. He's seen it. He's moving forward. I don't know if I could say that about Minnesota. I have great respect for Rob Brzezinski. I believe he does, but I don't know that. Uh, And I don't know about Chicago or any of these other teams. Miami, to me, they want somebody they can get along with. Flores didn't get didn't get fired for his performance on the field. Flores got fired for his inability to be play nice in the sandbox, and he threw too much sand around. Right, and thirty to one right now for Caldwell there, and I, that's a very interesting uh, name and somebody that certainly in the past in Detroit got along very well apparently uh, and acquitted himself very nicely there. So that could be a nice long shot play there, thirty to one. Uh, let's look at the Jags here and uh, Byron Leftwich again plus four fifty. Uh, Daryl Bevel is plus five fifty. Kellum. There's that name again. It's plus 650. And Nathaniel Hackett seems like a name that's starting to get a lot of run here and some buzz at plus 650. Uh, What do you make of what the Jags want to do with Urban Meyer after that disaster is now finally over? You know, it's hilarious. They fired – the Jags fired Nathaniel Hackett. (laughs) <laughs> right. They fired Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, they went to the playoffs. They they were one. Blake Bortles underthrows a seven cut against the Patriots over by their sideline. And had he completed that pass, they might beat the Patriots, who then went on to win the Super Bowl. And then the next year, when they all came back, they fired. They You know, they fired mm-hmm. Hackett. This org, and this is not, not a different ownership group. This ownership group fired him. Now they're interviewing him for the head coach. Make sense for that, please. Try to make sense on all that for me, will you, please? <laughs> so... You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I think this is a hard job for anybody. I do think Billy O'Brien's the favorite if he's willing to take it. I have a sense Billy O'Brien, knowing he has an ace in his pocket named Bryce Young at Alabama, that he can go back to Alabama and these jobs will be more available to him. But Billy O'Brien is is kind of an enigma. On Twitter, he gets he gets destroyed. He gets killed. Everybody thinks he's a complete incompetent. Mm-hmm. And yet, what he did in Houston as a coach is really good, you know. However... 
That being said, you know, that being said, you know, he wasn't a good general manager. And some coaches just can't run the whole thing. Right. They just can't. They all want to talk about doing the groceries, but they can't do it. They don't think they don't think that way. Just like I don't think like a coach at times. So I, I think he's a he certainly is, and I don't know his relationship with 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 Trent Balky, but I do know from talking to people in the league that Balky wants someone that he feels will keep him in the job because the longer this goes, and the more candidates they get involved, the more candidates are going to say, "I really don't want to work with Balky. Hmm. I don't know him." And the last four coaches he's worked for are all up on Boot Hill, Harbaugh, wow. right, Thomasula, Kelly. Marone, that you know, that, that if you're down in the saloon having drinks, you look up at Boot Hill. There's a lot of gravestones there with with his name on them. You know, your point about Nathaniel Hackett reminds me of when Norm McDonald got arrested, so went back and did SNL after they fired him, and he said, you know, I used to work here, and uh, they wanted me back. And it's funny because it's it's a comedy show, and either. I've gotten funny or, or the show sucks. So that could be the situation yeah. here for Nathaniel Hackett. We'll see how that plays out. Look, I love Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, I love his father. I, I worked with his father at, at, uh, at the 49ers. I, I have great respect. And Nathaniel's a really good coach. He knows the West Coast offense from his father. He's been around. He's, you know, the, he, but you fired him. But he was working with Blake Bortles. He actually got the most out of that team ever. He did a really nice job. And I'm not saying he's not qualified because I think he's been in a football family his whole life. He's probably prepared for this day to become the head coach. That being said, you know, I mean, it seems somewhat odd that if you've been fired by an organization because they thought you were incompetent, now you're <laughs> going to interview him for a job above the job you fired him for? It makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Uh, very quickly, Michael, we, you know, you have the stages of grief, right, that, that people go through in life. We're going to go through the stages of elimination here in the NFL playoffs, okay, for certain teams, and I wonder how far you actually think they can get at these odds. Let's start off with the Buffalo Bills in the AFC, and this is one of these short favorites here to come out of this conference and represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. If you think they'll lose in the Super Bowl, you can get them at plus 800. You think they're going to win it, it's plus 700. That's not the best value that you could have had a couple weeks ago. If you think they're going to lose this week to the Patriots, plus 165, basically a money line play there, what do you make of the stages of grief and or elimination for the Bills? You know, I think that this is – look, we, I was just on Atlanta radio before I do this show, uh, uh, and they were asking about – Atlanta fans are like, Buffalo, you know, the guys on the radio station, Randy and Andy, are like, Buffalo and Buffalo doesn't really play well in their own environment, mm. you know, because Atlanta went up there, and that was a closer game than people think, right? The Jet game, even mm -hmm. though it covered and, – and it was a closer game than people think. The weather has affected the Bills' offense. I mean – it's going to be five degrees at kickoff. It's not going to be windy, but it's going to be five, and it's going to keep dropping. There's the polar vortex that's coming across the country right now, and it's going to hit right there. And that football that, that Josh Allen throws is going to be hard to catch, especially when he throws it with, as a fastball. And look, the last time they played New England, they did a really good job. Weather was perfect. It was in the 40s. And they were able to throw a lot of checkdowns. They ran the ball effectively. They were the more physical team that day. They made New England play from behind. And they were able to really close the game out. But the three match, the thriller in Manila, mm. is going to be a little different. And I don't really know. I, I, I could easily see the Bills going to the Super Bowl. I could see the Bills losing in the first round. I think it's that close. I really do. 
I think it's that close. Now, I'm not predicting a New England win, but we've seen the number at four and it stayed at four so far. It opened at four and a half. It's been right around that four and a half, four number pretty much all week. And I think they're getting two good actions on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, most people are betting Buffalo. 76% of the money on my board is on Buffalo, only 24%. Yet that number is moving towards New England. That gives you a little something to think about. No question about it. As somebody is holding a ticket for the Bills to win the Super Bowl uh, in a future spot, this is the one matchup I didn't want. I didn't want the trilogy. I didn't want Ali uh, and uh, and uh, Frazier here for a third time here. I, I actually wanted the, the Bills to play somebody else because I think you're right. This is going to be a really dicey proposition for the Bills. They could be a one and done. Very quickly, how about the Bengals? Because I know that a lot of the money here is coming in on the Raiders. And people really starting yeah. to believe that the Raiders have a shot to go cross country. It's going to be cold to your point here. What about their stages of elimination? If they lose in the first round of the Raiders, that's plus 200. I, I don't know if this is a, if this, and we should talk about this when we come back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a knock on the Raiders or if this is just a kind of a, a, a doubt on the Bengals. Because, I mean, let, let's be real clear here. The Raiders can't score a lot of points. Right. They scored 36 on Dallas pass interference game. They scored <laughs> 35 on the great Brendan Staley's defensive team in overtime. But most of the time, they're in the teens. I think that's going to be a hard way to beat the Bengals if you're only in the teens. The pass interference game, Michael. I love it. It ruined my Thanksgiving, by the way, but that's a great moniker for that game. Uh, Let's talk a little bit more about that when we come back. And also, Steve Mackin is going to join us. And as I mentioned, he's got some fantastic nuggets of information for you betters this weekend when it comes to the super wildcard weekend. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows and download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast. Get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, First Strike, and many more. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi. This is the Lombardi Line here on VEASAN. going to bring you Steve Mackin in one second, but I did want to wrap up that talk about the Bengals and the Raiders and a couple of interesting questions we actually got during the break, Michael, for you, and it gets to that cold weather and we know it's going to be cold in Cincinnati. One, we know the Patriots practice in elements. Do the Bills, to your knowledge, practice in those elements because it does feel like a team that's not prepared for their own environment. And two, what about the Vegas Raiders now going to this cold weather? How much do you think that's going to affect them? I think it's going to affect them tremendously. The Bills went inside today, FYI. They're going to go inside their bubble. They're not going outside. <laughs> the game's going to be the game is going to be 31 degrees when they kick off in Cincinnati. I think it affects them. Go back to the go back to the Bengal, go back to the Browns game. I mean, go back to the Raiders playing the Browns in that game. Now, the Browns had Nick Mullen at quarterback. The Browns were remember they moved the game not for the Raiders, for the Browns. Mm-hmm. They moved the game for the Browns. I mean, the Browns the Browns, you know, couldn't really do anything. They had 236 yards. But let's just think about this. Put this in perspective. And I know we got Steve and we'll go to them, him in a second. Third and three. The Browns have the football, winning 14 to 13. If they get the first down, the game is over. They choose to run an outside zone. Most of us at home that were holding, that were recommending the Browns in the game was upset for mm-hmm. that call. Should have thrown it, right? 
They run the outside zone and get stopped. The Raiders come back. They win that game, and then they win the next three. How, what were the odds of that happening Wolf. for the Raiders? That's such a small margin. So when you're turning in that Raider card, do you think they've run out of all their luck? I kind of think they have. Kind of right there with you. And again, Kevin Stefanski, that was the game he missed. And I'm with you. If Stefanski's there, I think it's a different play call in that third and three. I was a Browns ticket holder on that game as well. Uh, remember that play like it was yesterday. Yeah, the Raiders would be on the outside looking in. Let's bring in Steve Mackin in. Of course, does a great job at Point Spread Weekly. Uh, and go ahead and you got to follow him on Twitter as I do, at Steve Mackin. And Steve, I won't say that I was up all night reading all of your stuff. But a lot of it really made me go, oh, no, I don't like some of the pre-thought positions I had on some of these games after I read a lot of your notes. And let's start off with the road teams because, my goodness, 14-4 and four straight up in wildcard weekend and 15-3 and three ATS run in the wildcard round over the last four seasons. So beware of the dog. And I like a lot of favorites this week. But, Steve, these numbers say that's probably not the smartest uh, way to go here. Yeah, that's certainly been the case lately. And I, and I had a feeling in talking to you, Dave, that you weren't going to like what I had to offer <laughs> because there's a lot of stuff here that suggests Dallas might not be the team to play this weekend. I know. That's exactly what I was getting at, Steve, because when I was looking at this <laughs> stuff, Michael, I'm like, Steve is leading me down they're the nervous. primrose path. You, yeah. you, you know Dallas is nervous. You know they're nervous down there. They're going to play a really good team that can run the ball. They can keep the ball away from their offense. Their offense hasn't been, in spite of the 51 points against the second teamers of the Eagles, they haven't been in high gear. And, you know, the Niners can you know, prove that they could come back. And when they don't turn the ball over, they're a more effective team. So I'm with Steve. I think, these, I think that the, some of these teams – Especially the road that we've seen the road team blossom in, in in during the season. It's really not had a great advantage. And in the playoffs, these games are tight. And I think the under, Steve, which is the next point, is twelve and six in the last four seasons, twenty six, eleven and one the last nine. To me, the under's always in play because unlike Brendan Staley, who decides to go for it on fourth <laughs> and one from his own eighteen, most of these coaches are going to most of these coaches are going to take the points when they can get them. Yeah, you get a little different level of or type of play here as far as maybe a little more conservative. Uh, we've talked all season here about the lack of home field advantage across the the NFL. I, I mean, just in the last couple seasons alone. Now you get a situation where you expanded playoffs, and maybe the home teams aren't quite as good. You get you got the one team that gets that by. Maybe that's the elite team, if you will, and the other three home teams aren't quite the level maybe of, of past type of playoff differences. You know, I mean, it, it, there's a lot that could go into this, uh, but just lately, I mean, you just don't want to lay the points in the, especially these early games, um, maybe later in the season, we'll, we're, we're going to see that home field evangelism are important, but in these early games, uh, not quite as important. You know, Steve, the one that really jumps out to me, and that's, I guess, is good news, uh, maybe for Nick Sirianni and certainly Rich Passaccia, Zach Taylor, it's kind of going to cancel them out. First-time coaches are currently 8-1 and one straight up and ATS run over the last three seasons. Why is it that first-year or first-time coaches in the playoffs, do you think, are having so much success? Because the numbers are bearing that out. You know, I'm not sure why this is the case. Maybe it's a, a fresh philosophy uh, uh, that the opposing coach hasn't been able to really get a feel for how this guy operates in, in playoff-type scenarios. But uh, the, 
I looked up this information a couple of years ago at the suggestion of Vinny Meglulio from South Point, and I was shocked when I saw some of this. Now, eight and one is is pretty good number to to consider here, and the only loser in that time is Charles uh, Nagy from the Bears. Uh, a few years ago. So something to definitely consider. I, I don't discount Sirianni's chances in particular in this game against Tampa Bay, at least to cover the cover the uh, large point spread. Yeah, no, I, 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 Steve, I'm right there with you. I think it's a, you know, I know they played earlier in the year and I know it was, you know, the game was, but both teams are really different. Both teams are really different. And I think actually that Tampa's nervous about this game because of their lack of health. You know, now they have Fournette today. He, he, they brought him. He's eligible to come off IR, but it all depends on where he is with his, with his, you know, his hamstring, if he's going to be healthy. And look, you know, it, it, it is, it looks like in terms of, I love your playoff readiness two weeks ago and I kept it on my, on my sheets and, and I've eliminated the teams that have it. I love the fact that Philly, you know, they've been able to overcome some obstacles. But Tampa, where they are right now, I just don't know if they are playoff ready based on the health of their team. Uh, one, 100% agree with you. Uh, and I know a lot of people try to do this where they project maybe the next week's matchups. And if anything, this wild card round has proven over the last five or six years, you cannot do that. Mm. Uh, yeah. If you're If you're Green Bay right now or you're Tennessee right now, you're – you're trying to think of the team that you may be matching up against in week two. It's got, it's not going to be that team. You can trust me because it's something is going to happen this weekend. where it's going to throw it into whack. No question about it. And Steve, I know that a yep. lot of people are going to see that number with the Steelers and the chiefs and go, Oh, I got to take all those points with the Steelers. But this note might give them a little bit to pause home favorites of a TD or more in the wild card round are 13 and two straight up. And 11 and 4 ATS since 2005. That's the biggest uh, total on the board here, a, a spread on the board. A 12 and a half, I believe, is what we have here at BetMGM. So, Steve, does that is that an indicator that maybe it's all Chiefs all the time? Yeah, I'm a little concerned about Pittsburgh in that game. Quite honestly, as I looked at the stats uh, and and that chart of where I playoff readiness, as you call it, Michael. <laughs> quite honestly, Pittsburgh is one of the worst statistical playoff teams I've seen in the last 20 years. So uh, there's an interesting note on my wild cards trends piece this week is the magic point total for road teams to get in these wild card games to be successful is 17 points. Now you look at the teams across the board here and see who's, who's maybe least likely to get 17 points in the game. And I got to think Pittsburgh's right at the top of that list. No, well, and if it's not Pittsburgh, it's 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 the Raiders, right? 16 exactly. against the Giants, 16 against the Giants, 14 against the Chiefs, 13 against the Bengals the first time. On the road, they scored 36 at Dallas, 15 against Washington, 9 against Kansas City, 16 against the Browns, 17 against Denver with a beat-up team, and then they scored 23 and 35 the last two weeks. So wow. I think weather is going to be a bigger factor for, Cle- for for the Raiders than we think. Yeah, yeah, it's no big deal. We're going back to play. No, it is a big deal. It is, and you've got to get used to catching frozen balls, kick balls. It could limit Carlson's effectiveness because he's tremendous. I mean, he's tremendous as a field goal kicker. It could limit his effectiveness because the ball won't carry as far. Got about one minute to go. Very quickly, I want to sneak this one in, Steve. In the last 16 wildcard games matching teams that weren't in the postseason the year before, home teams are 3-13 and straight up 
and just 2-14 and 14 ATS since 2006. Steve, that is quite the trend. It's an amazing trend to me. I, there's, if you're not an experienced playoff team coming back from last year, your home field advantage has proven to be worthless. There comes a, there comes a lot with, with being an experienced playoff team and earning home field advantage. So that's a great combination. And that's I, I was afraid you would see that with your Cowboys this weekend, Dave. <laughs> I knew you were going there, Steve. Uh, by the way, and I say this every week, Steve, and I mean it. I feel smarter after we have you on the program each and every week because th- these numbers are not just numbers. They're real information out there, and that's why people have to read it. I do a great job of Point Spread Week. We appreciate your time each and every Wednesday, Steve. Thank Thanks, you. Steve. I appreciate you. Except, Thanks, except, Michael. except now I'm terrified about my Cowboys against uh, the San Francisco 49ers. All right, when we come back, we are going to talk more about those Cowboys. We're going to go down to Big D with Michael Gelkin. Come on back. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer in the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you're going to win $200 in free bets regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your very first wager. Plus, you're going to earn M-Life rewards that can be redeemed for rooms and dining at any MGM resort. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA, so download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VEASAN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligible restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Michael Lombardi here on the Lombardi line on VEASAN. And, Michael, it is always a pleasure to welcome back into the program Michael Gel- uh, Excuse me, Michael uh, Gelkin down there at Dallas. He's the Dallas Cowboys reporter from the Dallas Morning News. Michael, great to have you back on the show. And we were just talking with Steve Mackinnon, and a lot of the numbers don't necessarily favor the Cowboys on paper. But before we get to the breakdowns, Michael, what about the health of this football team? Because before I look at any numbers, weighing the three, the, the, the total over under, I got to look at the health. How healthy are the Cowboys for this first round matchup? Extremely. Um, we'll see the participation of safety Jaron Curse, who's an every-down player. He can do some 
work in the box as really like a linebacker and sub packages. But uh, overall, um, the Cowboys, Coach Mike McCarthy just told us that they're at 100% um, as it pertains to player availability in relation to COVID-19. And, you know, you look at who didn't play this most recent game, the regular season finale, it was uh, not only cursed, but it was Pro Bowl cornerback Trayvon Diggs with illness. He's back. Uh, you had Micah Parsons, uh, the you know defensive rookie of the year, impending uh, linebacker. Uh, he had COVID. He's back. Tyron Smith, the left tackle, he's back. Uh, Tony Pollard rested the final game. Could have played, but they rested him with uh, plantar fascia injury that he suffered December 2nd. He's going to be back. So um, Cowboys feeling very, very good about where they are from a medical and COVID standpoint. And obviously the latter is one that you kind of need to check on every single day because it can, it can change very rapidly. You know, Michael, thanks for being here. As an observer of the Cowboys, what scares me to death this weekend is when they trot Greg Zerline out there to try an extra point or a field goal. (laughs) I mean, I am nervous beyond nervous. And in most playoff games, especially when the line's three points and you're deciding which team you want to bet, you're looking towards the kicker to see some sense of confidence. And knowing that Zerline's missed one kick inside of 30, uh, inside of 40, he's missed two inside of 50, and he's missed three outside of 50, plus he's missed five extra points. What's the level? And I heard Jerry and, and McCarthy kind of leave some doubt in this, but we know the special teams coach is madly in love with Zerline. What's the level of trust you get from the coaches? It's a great question. It's kind of funny because usually, you know, when, like, I'll be frank, it was a it was a Saturday night game, and uh, we're discussing among the Dallas Morning News beat crew the stories that we were going to write for that game. And I ended up writing about Cedric Wilson, the Cowboys' number three wide receiver, who stepped in really well as he has all season uh, with Michael Gallup out for the year now with the torn ACL. And so I wrote about Wilson, but I almost wrote my entire game story on a missed extra point from Greg Zerline um, (laughs) because of the concern that his misses this season have evoked. And there's a whole lot of belief in Greg Zerline's talents, but there's also an acknowledgement that this is a player who underwent back surgery in the spring. They were confident throughout training camp, they said publicly at least, that he would be able to be fine. He's a pro. He knows what he's got to do to take care of his body. But I think very quickly, starting week one, when his misses were the difference in a loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the very opening game of the NFL season, he clearly was not um, in tune with his normal regular season rhythm. And I asked John Fossil, the special teams coordinator this week, you know, is that back surgery is, has that disrupted him from getting a rhythm? And he said, yeah, he still hasn't found his rhythm. And, you know, it's, it's you know, today we're talking, it's, it's January 12th. So because of that, I think it's fair to say that, you know, we probably won't see peak Greg Zerline this season. He's made 82.9% of his field goals, the exact same rate of what he had last year. But the misses, the extra points, um, the timeliness of it all, um, they're, as Jerry Jones acknowledged on the radio, um, decisions that have to be made about fourth quarter, I mean, fourth down, you know, are we going for it here? Are we, are we, are we going to try out Zerline? And um, based on his lack of steadiness, it's going to be in the back of the Cowboys' minds when they're making this, that decision. 
talking with Michael Gelkin, of course, from Dallas Morning News. Follow him on Twitter, at Gelkin NFL. And, Michael, let's talk about what happened in the Arizona game a couple weeks ago because I think we can kind of throw away the Philly game. They struggled to get Kyler Murray in the running game off the field in that fourth quarter when they had to get the stop and they couldn't do it. I know Jimmy G is not Kyler Murray here. You know Kyle Shanahan wants to get physical like they did last week against the Rams up front. Can they play bully ball against this Cowboys front? Do you think Dan Quinn has got the answer for that? Another great I, – I think it's kind of one of the questions of the game is that the, the Niners are so creative, um, so advanced, so physical. So just conceptually and just execution standpoint, it's a really, really well-balanced offense uh, with what Kyle Shanahan does and, and what, you know, the, the players, how they, how they execute. But um, you look at the way that the Cowboys are from a personnel standpoint, and Micah Parsons, um, his ability to disrupt the edge – and, you know, when, when in particular you look at like a lot of the success that they've had with um, the Niners have had with Debo Samuel um, yeah, as a running back, you know, he's really, you know, there's these sweeps and they're pulling, you know, guards and linemen and um, they're being very physical, but ultimately they're, they're really stressing your outside campaign. They're really stressing your C gap, uh, your, your wide nine players. I mean, they're, they're really attacking those edges. And I think Micah Parsons ability to beat guys to the punch um, because you, you're really, we haven't really seen a, an example this season of um, a team, you know, having a player who could beat Micah Parsons to a corner. And so I think that helps. And so if you have him on one side and, you know, able to get him on the edge a little bit more and then Demarcus Lawrence, you know, the Cowboys sometimes have them lining on the same uh, side of the field. I would say this would be a game that you want to kind of do that um, very sparingly. Um, but you have, um, Demarcus Lawrence, uh, whose ability against the run and setting the edge is, is as strong as any edge defender in the league. Um, you know, I think ultimately it's going to step on, you know, fall upon the corners and, and safeties to be uh, more physical in support. But no, I think the Cowboys between Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence um, do a pretty good should do a pretty good job of of containing some of what the Niners do. Um, like you said, um, it's less stress from a quarterback mobility standpoint as it was against. Uh, Kyler Murray, which changes things. Um, but because, uh, for example, that game, to be somewhat brief, wrapping up on it, um, they would motion out a running back. Micah Parsons would follow that running back into the boundary or to the nickel spot. And then Kyler Murray, having run Micah Parsons off of the play, would then scramble to the other side where Parsons wasn't. So they would kind of isolate Micah Parsons away from the play. I don't think the Cowboys are going to allow that to happen this game. Yeah, not to sh- shifting gears just a little bit. What is Dan? I believe Dan uh, Quinn will become the head coach of the Broncos. I think that's he's the betting. He's my betting favorite for it. How much of a distraction have these all these interviews been for Moore and Quinn? Not at all. The interviews haven't even happened yet, um, and I'm not sure they can happen before Saturday at the earliest. If even Saturday is an option, um, that was what I. Told, I was told earlier in the week um, from someone not in the Cowboys. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's a very high capacity type of week in terms of preparing for the San Francisco 49ers and all that they bring. Um, and so, when it comes to Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore, they are they understand where their feet are. They understand what the priority is. And frankly, the teams that are interviewing them, they totally get that too. So they're not going to have these guys be on a Zoom call on a on a Wednesday when you're implementing your game plan or on, on a Tuesday when you're designing it all, that's just not something that the rules even allow for. So 
Um, you know, it's on the back of these guys' minds, obviously. They're human. Um, but they didn't work this hard for, you know, about 12 months since for Dan Quinn's job. Um, sorry, there's a squirrel. My dog has no self-control. Um, but, they, you know, they, they understand, of, of, of you know, what, where their, what their job is currently, and it, it does take precedent. So uh, I don't think there's any concern for the Cowboys about that. Michael, I only have 30 seconds to go very quickly to that end. If the Cowboys were to lose, is there any pressure on Mike McCarthy to retain his job? No. No, okay. he'll be the head coach in 2022. There we go. That's the short answer. Michael Gelkin, really appreciate it. Again, follow him on Twitter, at Gelkin NFL. Does a great job with the Dallas Morning News. Michael, thank, thank you very you, much Michael. for your time. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right. When we come back, uh, Michael Lombardi, let's go ahead and finish up some of those early exit possibilities for yeah. some teams in the postseason and the odds you can get associated with them. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.